Good morning, everybody. Today, in today's Torah reading, we have a very interesting experience. Moshe Rabbeinu, before he passes away, chooses to designate three of the cities east of the Jordan as cities of refuge. During the course of our history, we had three cities of refuge for someone who committed accidental murder, three east of the Jordan, three west of the Jordan, and then we have the famous Rambam that tells us that, that uh, the Torah instructs us when our territory will be expanded to include also Kene, Knizia, and Kadmoni, that then you'll add three more cities of refuge. Rambam says that this is one of the proofs of Mashiach in the Torah. But Moshe uses a very interesting term. It's, the Torah says, Az Yavdil Moshe. Yavdil is in the future tense. Moshe will set aside. Of course, the simple translation is that Moshe did set aside, which would be in the past tense. Rashi always jumps on something like that because it's out of the ordinary. Okay? So Rashi explains Yavdil almost like it, there's another word, kachiyasa. It's it, grammatically, the reason why Yavdal is acceptable is because Rashi says, nasan lev. It means not so much that in the future tense he will separate. It means more of like a presence of mind would also be conjugated in the future form that it means that he devoted himself, he took time to think about this idea that cities of refuge can actually be established right now here on, on the east side of the Jordan. In other words, since we already have this land, so it took time to think about it. In other words, take for instance, truma and masa. Truma that you give to the coin, tithe that you give to the levy, right? That, of course, doesn't take uh, effect until they're in the land of Israel and they're actually running an agricultural society, they're actually planting wheat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, from which they'll give truma. So Moshe looks at those mitzvahs, he says, okay, for me, those mitzvahs are only academic. I'm east of the Jordan, we haven't settled into the land of Israel yet, we haven't conquered the land of Israel, I'm not going across, Hashem. as he said at the beginning of this week's Torah portion, that he pleaded with Hashem so many times about it, Hashem told him, no, you're not going, into, you're not going across. So, he, he, so in a mindset, Moshe says, okay, this is not on my agenda. Through Mamas, et cetera, et cetera. But then he takes a moment and he thinks to himself, well, there's another mitzvah that's connected to the land called cities of refuge. Technically, I could maybe implement the cities of refuge right now and here, while we're still east of the Jordan, because we've conquered this land, we've now annexed the land, and the land now belongs to us. So maybe I should do that. And therefore, that's the word Yavdil in the future, says Rashi, that Moshe Rabbeinu focuses on this and says, I'm going to set aside these cities. Now, it's very interesting. Rashi continues and says, even though the actual implementation, in other words, these cities of refuge don't really come into effect until the west of the Jordan is settled. He designated these three cities. But I guess you would have to say that if an accidental murder took place 
before the seven years of conquering, seven years of settling, so before they settled the west side, these cities are not yet in effect. They don't come into effect until after the settlement there. Rashi says that. But Moshe says, yes, it's true that these three cities won't come into effect until after they've separated on the other side as well, set aside the cities of refuge. But I have this mitzvah in front of me. Why wouldn't I do it? I have the chance to do this now. I'm going to do it now. That's all that is Rashi. The Rebbe points out that, um, so the Rebbe points out that what is Moshe Rabbeinu really doing here? He is energizing us with the power of Teshuvah. And there's a difference, as we've talked about in the past, between Moshe and Yehoshua. And one has an advantage that the other doesn't. Meaning, if you had to draw the analogy, you would draw the analogy between the tzaddik and the baltshuva. Even though, of course, Yehoshua was also a tzaddik. He was a preeminent leader of Jewish people. But the experience as a leader, Moshe's leadership was a generation that was in the desert, Dordea, and again, notwithstanding their flaws, golden calf, etc., 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 but the by and large, the macro vision of that generation is a vision of tzaddikim. Yehoshua's generation that he leads into the land of Israel is a different generation. It's the generation of Bali Chuva, meaning, the diff- and the difference being, the tzaddik lives an utterly transcendent spiritual life, while the Balchuva has no choice but to get down and dirty with the world that he's involved in. And that's the difference really between Moshe's generation of leadership, Yoshua's generation of leadership. Well, it turns out that even though we talk in terms of the Balchuva being at such a higher level than the Tzaddik, because he's able to get down and dirty and transform the dirt and make it holy, elevate it, etc., etc., reveal the God contained within, he still needs the avod of the Tzaddik. Because you can't really clean if you're completely sunken into it. Term used in the Gemara, Ein chavush Someone who's inside the prison can't emancipate himself from the prison. You have to be outside the prison to be able to open the door and let somebody out. And so therefore, the advantage of the Baal Tshuva, so to speak, in this, in this context, is that he knows feels and interacts with the day-to-day experiences of his flock. He knows what it's like to get dirty. He knows what it's like to have to roll up his sleeves. He knows what it's like, you know, you see the politicians when they go to stand on the, the homeless lines to hand out food, right? Or they go to the disaster area and they start to dig with a shovel. Okay, they're taka full of baloney, what they're doing. But why are they doing that? They're doing that because they want the people to feel like they are one with the people. And they experience it also. They're not just this aloof upper class, right? That's why you do it. That's the baloney people. But in reality, Yoshua, Lahavdu, is a leader that experiences it. But at the same time, you need a Moshe to provide the energy. You need that transcendence. You need to be that aloof state of over, overarching spirituality if you're going to be able to get down and dirty and able to clean it out. The deep sea diver 
can do everything he does in the deep sea as long as his line is still connected above and he's getting oxygen from above the surface. You have to be able to have that. And that's what Moshe provides. And therefore, and therefore we could argue, what do we mean when we say az yavdil in the future tense? Moshe, hu goel rishen, hu goel achrin. Although you don't see this Pasuk brought down anywhere, right, Rabbi Chaim? You don't see this Pasuk brought down as a proof of the coming of Mashiach or of Tchiyas HaMesim. It's interesting that it's not. Right. Yeah, I it refers to Az Yashir Moshe. Az Yashir Moshe is also in the future tense. So the Medrash says, what does it mean Yashir? Why is it in the future tense? Because Moshe will lead us in song in the future with the Geula, the song of Geula. So you might be able to say the same thing here, Az Yavdil, that when Mashiach comes, Moshe will be the one to set aside those additional three cities that the Rambam talks about, that Torah talks about, and that the Rambam says is part of the coming of Mashiach. Moshe will be the one, Az Yavdil, he will be the one to set those aside. Why? Because then we will see how powerful the service of the Tzaddik is when it's utterly fused with the service of the Baal Tshuva. We will be the ultimate level of Baal Tshuva, having transformed the entire world to a place of utter spirituality, and then we will first appreciate how incredibly powerful is the energy that we got from Moshe. Moshe will be the one who will be able to both experience the transcendence and the earthiness included. And that's what we do today, fuse the transcendent and the earthy, by coming to shul and davening, studying Torah, and then taking that energy out into the world and transforming and making the world a place ready for Mashiach. May it happen this very, very second, or this very day, we'll be eating meat at the base of Mikdash from all of our kabbanis, lamb chops. I'm not a lamb chops kind of guy, but I guess we'll be having a lot of lamb chops when Mashiach comes. May it happen now with the revelation of Mashiach immediately. Amen. Amen.